Monday. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. I'm Jonathan. I'm Emily. And I'm Coco. Thanks for coming back, Coco. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Emily, you, you're doing okay? Yeah, I got a bit of a cold. It's fine. Oh, like, sorry. The nasal, the lovely nasal qualities of my voice <laughs> are really coming out today. Oh, sorry about that. Alice Thanks for coming out anyway, though. Yeah, man, I'm here. Let's do it. Let's yeah. talk about, uh, what are we talking about this week? Trivia. Oh, I love trivia. Really? Yeah. Trivia is one of those categories that really kind of gets kicked around a lot by uh, people like us who are big into games. Mm-hmm. I The thing that I love about trivia is that I'm just, like, at the end of the day, I'm just like a really big know-it-all. <laughs> and right. trivia really sa- is satisfying for me. So is trivia like rewards that? how much of a bad person you are because yes. of how smart you are. I you mean, get to be a show-off. All board games reward how bad of a person I am. It's, you know? Well, like, not all of them. Cooperative it, games, yeah, uh, mostly. Except, except for the cooperative. Trivia. Really, really popular ever since a little something called Trivial Pursuit came out in 1981. This mm-hmm. was a Canadian invention. Uh, they initially had they had no idea what they were doing as far as publishing. They, the, the cost for, it to, for producing these things was massive. Right. Because there hadn't really been anything out there that had mm-hmm. that many hundreds of cards and that many different kinds of components in there. So the cost to produce this thing was huge. And right. it would have been too expensive. So they were selling these things at a loss. When they eventually were able to ramp up production and do it for real, mm-hmm. it became a legitimate phenomenon. They mm-hmm. sold millions not like the small like Ticket to Ride sells three maybe four million copies and like Ticket to Ride I think Ticket to Ride is one of the biggest most well known games of the hobby it really is but trivia games along with things like Monopoly and Yahtzee and so on are in a different order of magnitude altogether we're talking hundreds of millions right right uh, it was a legitimate cultural phenomenon. It was a massive deal. I hated that game hmm. because I was 12 years old and my right. mother was a baby boomer and all these questions were about history and time periods from like the 50s and 60s and 70s when I didn't even exist and all this stuff. So every boomer who played that game was an expert at everything and could just you know blaze through the questions no problem. And I was like, um, I don't know. That is exactly my experience. Uh, so my family, we're one of the family, families that has the, the whole bookshelf full of different versions of Trivial Pursuit. We got the my Warner Brothers, I'm Warner so Brothers, sorry. And the Star Wars, and then uh, anyway, and like we uh, when we played the like Genus Five, I think we had for right. a really long time. My parents would play with the grown up cards, and I got to play with the Harry Potter cards. <laughs> uh, Your parents I, were actually nice to you about it. That's nice lovely. Compromise. Or they enabled my Harry Potter thing, which maybe in hindsight they shouldn't have quite so handily. But anyway, I still think that fits in the nice category. Mm-hmm. If I had been able to actually play using something, because th- these things didn't exist, because kids were scum back in that time period. They were not treated nicely. They did eventually do a kids version, but I think I was I actually would have been terrible at that. Too. I, I, I just I just have this this complex about trivia games. There are always going to be questions about yeah. things that I don't know the answer to. We had the mm-hmm. kids one, and I while I don't have like very very clear memories of it, mm-hmm. I distinctly remember it not being as accessible as I would have wanted it to. Interesting, you know, like there's still being like quite a bit of content that like I didn't know, but not just me, but like anybody I would play with, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kid culture is very specific and, and regional. Yeah. yeah. So if and it's... Like, immediate. Like, kid culture now is completely different than what kids were doing two years ago. You so, know? okay, what's the sweet spot, though? Because if you're playing a trivia game where you know all the answers, it's not fun. But if yeah. you're playing a trivia game where you don't know enough of the answers, it's not fun. 
So this, I don't know, is this a problem that's just going to be inherent to sort of the standard, like the standard trivia game right. that's like, move to a place, answer a question, know a thing or don't know a thing. And usually if you know the answer, then you get another question. Right. And you keep playing until you don't know the answer and there you go. And after some unspecified period of time, somebody wins by knowing the answers to more questions. That's right. pretty much it. When, I'm, when people go up to the wall at the cafe looking for a trivia game, most commonly what I'll say is, okay, if you look, if you want a trivia game, the best thing to do is to focus on the trivia and ignore the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, just take the board, put it back in the box, put the dice back in the box, put the pieces back in the box, forget it, nobody cares about this anyway. Mm-hmm. Just take turns asking questions of each other. Whenever you get one right, put the card in front of you. When you feel like you're done, count your cards, most cards wins. Yeah. Uh, if you want to make an actual game out of it, then you can say, all right, if I get a question right, I'll put in the middle of the table. Now I can stop and cash in, take all the cards to the middle, now I'm done. Or I can say, give me another question. Okay, but if now... If I get it right, put that in the middle. Now you're playing like a gambling game and not so much a trivia game. Well, it's a, tr- it's a gambling game in which I have to answer trivia questions to be able to win. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about trivia itself not really being a game, right? It is just You know stuff, or you don't, mm-hmm. and you really have to build around that to make it something that you could play because otherwise you might as well just like be like scrolling on the internet like clicking random wikipedia pages and be like oh i didn't know that oh i did know that oh i did know that oh i did know that or (laughs) sitting in class taking a quiz yeah. Right. It's trivia games that you know the, the bog standard ones like Trivial Pursuit are a game in the same sense that taking a quiz in a classroom is a game. Right. Which is to say, in my opinion, not a game. So um, okay, but it's I mean it's not a game, but there are I mean there's Trivial Pursuit that is obviously wildly massively popular. popular. There's pub trivia that's still a real thing. And I think the fact that it's not a game in the traditional yeah. sense is part of what makes it popular because games put you under a lot of pressure. You have to make choices. Right. And a lot of people for their entertainment, they don't want that. They don't right. want to have to make choices. Right. Uh, it's either they know the answer or they don't. And it's fine either way because okay. it's not their fault. Okay. So it's the, I believe that the very popularity of Trivial Pursuit is based around that fact that it wasn't a game. Mm. Uh, that means people like me turn our noses up at it, but it also means that vast swaths of folks out there are going to have a great time. Yeah, right. it's just like an activity. It's something you can mm-hmm. like do with people while not really paying too much attention. Yeah, exactly. Right? You don't have to pay attention when it's not your and turn. You can, you can talk about the answers that you knew that weren't asked at you. You know, like your friend messes up and they don't know the thing. You'd be like, well, I knew that. This is why I knew that. Classic Emily. I remember there were actually some games out there, some trivia games, and the whole selling point was in addition to the answer, it sort of gave you some some of the whys and the wherefores behind the answer to sort of serve as a conversation starter. Right, So that there could be that banter there. Because a lot of people figured it fairly early on that another big part of the appeal of Trivial Pursuit is that when somebody answers a question correctly or incorrectly you can then have a conversation about how they knew or yeah. how they didn't know right. this or like more fun facts about that yeah. thing, exactly right? yeah. and it's sort Jonathan, of facilitated as a social activity I don't play board games to spend time with other people no I'm kidding uh, my family has been a trivia family for a really long time and mm-hmm. we finally are moving like my immediate family we're moving away from playing trivia with each other and playing game games with oh, each other congratulations I, it's really I mean finally <laughs> finally it's been like a decade but you know when hey, you're better thinking, late than never the transition between the 90s to now has doesn't feel like almost 30 years but like newsflash everybody it's the 90s were a long time ago it's been a while anyway um so something we loved sort of during that transition phase was uh a game it was a it was a a, a, like a playstation game or a computer game called you don't know jack 
Which, oh my gosh, I had that game. Yeah, remember? And it was that was like, awesome. And it's so fun. It was still the same thing. Like, do you or do you not know the answer to the question? But the whole sure. production around the like sassiness of Jack and the whole narration. Yeah, of imagine him. if Alex, imagine if Alex Trebek made fun of you for not knowing the answers. He does. Well, yeah, but imagine if you were really, really rude about it. Imagine if <laughs> and Alex a Trebek and I had the love child that we always wanted to have, <laughs> and that guy made fun of you. That's you Nate from the, yeah. You Don't Know Jack. Yeah, it's um, they actually they have made more You Don't Know Jacks. That's a whole a whole series called Jackbox. <laughs> and Jackbox games are really fun but not all of them are trivia games but yeah so we're taking the like the classic like you said bog standard trivia game and embellishing it in some way that makes it more so what makes Trivial Pursuit great is learning more stuff from your friends and what Mm. makes Jackbox games great is the sort of like fun sassy atmosphere but the learning more stuff point is something I find interesting because I find games like, like okay, Trivial Pursuit, because there's so little sort of like context around the answers, you don't actually necessarily learn anything from it. You Unless know? you've got yeah. one of your friends at the table who didn't get asked the question. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were but an if, expert But in if this none area. of us know the answer, then that card just gets like put at the bottom of the deck and we move on. And yeah. two days from now, we're not going to remember what that question was or what the answer was, yep. right? Which is why I have a bit of a hard time with the, um, the licensed Trivial Pursuit games or like, right. or licensed trivia games because I mean the easiest way to capitalize on a license is to make a trivia game out of it right like y'all love the Simpsons we don't we have to generate no new content we just have to know stuff about the Simpsons we're going to slap Homer on this box and you're going to answer some questions about the Simpsons but it's not like I'm not going to have an an enlightening conversation with a friend who's going to be like oh yes the context of this answer is you know remember seeing it the DVD yeah. trivia game, oh, yeah. so they'd give you a scene from an episode of Friends or something, yeah. and then you had to answer a question about what was going on in the scene. Yeah, great, super, just really enlightening. But but <laughs> but those those licensed games, like I mean, all the licensed Trivial Pursuits and like all the licensed Monopolies that we like won't mm-hmm. even get into right now. Huge sellers, huge sellers, and a big market for. I guess if you know that your friend likes a thing and you want to spend money on them, but not have to like commit to actually thinking about who they are as a person, that's a great Christmas gift. Ooh, yeah, ouch. and I think that Sorry. also ties into that whole thing of like you know, a game's not fun if you don't know any of the answers. Licensed trivia games, as much as you don't learn anything new and you can't really have enlightening conversations about the topic is a great way to guarantee that you will know stuff, you know? Right. Like, if I want to play Simpsons Trivia with you, and I'm I'm like, hey, Coco and I are playing Simpsons Trivia, who wants to play? Somebody that's never seen a single episode of The Simpsons will never come and join us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like, getting into a game of Simpsons Trivia, if you've watched any of The Simpsons at all ever, is guaranteeing that you'll get some answers correctly. Right. Whereas you could play a game of, like, regular Trivia Pursuit, and just, like, not get a single answer yep. correctly the entire game. Right. That's one of the biggest problems with the regular bog-standard trivia games. Is they, with, Unless it has the words Trivial Pursuit on the box, they're going to be about a certain specific narrow topic. Mm-hmm. And if you know something about that topic, you can play. And if you don't, you can't. Right. And so maybe you can capitalize on the white knowledge of, like, existing in the 90s and playing 90s Trivial Pursuit or whatever. It's a genre that has problems. Yeah. But those are problems that have been explored and addressed in right. other forms of modern game design. So we're going to talk about some of those when we come back on Wednesday. Sure are.